Welcome to the Assemblage Wine Podcast. I'm your host, Adam Shoemaker. One of my favorite aspects about wine is pairing it with food. The harmony of food and wine coming together can really increase the experience of the meal. I kind of want to talk today about some classic wine pairing guidelines as well as some of my favorites that I tend to favor while I'm selling wine on the floor in the restaurant, or even if it's just pairing with something that we're cooking over the weekend. Now, while I have these suggestions, they are just that. They're just suggestions. Um, There are and there always will be exceptions to these pairing guidelines. So take it with a grain of salt. Um, So with that being said, uh, here are some basic and classic wine pairings as well as some of my favorites. The first one is personal to everyone. Um, You know, eat and drink what you like. If you think it tastes good together, then go with it. you know, this this to me is the most important thing because not everyone likes drinking red wine. Not everyone drinks white wine. Not everyone likes drinking rosé, sparkling wine. You know, everyone kind of has their favorites. And, you know, by me coming on here and saying, you know, you have to drink white wine with fish or you have to drink red wine with, you know, heavy meat dishes, not everyone, not everyone vibes with that. <clears throat> you know, like the, the kind of uh, an example that I always kind of talk about when I'm <clears throat> talking about wine pairings with people is, you know, this, uh, we had a customer and they got a, a 45 day dry age steak and they asked me for my, you know, perfect wine pairing. So I, you know, kind of the first thing that I go about when I'm selling wine to people is what do you like to drink? Because that to me is more important than anything. I can tell you that, you know, a Nebbiolo or a Barolo or a Barbaresco or a Brunello is going to pair best with that steak. But if the customer who you're pairing the wine for isn't into red wines or tannic red wines or acidic red wines, then they're not going to think it's the perfect pairing. You know, and they might just say, you know, I love sweet wine. You know, I I only drink white wine. So, you know, you pairing it with your perfect or your recommended guideline isn't really valid at that point. Give the customer or give your friends what they like. If they want to drink a super sweet Moscato with a dry aged steak, then go for it. You know, if you're having fish or something lighter and, you know, your the customer or your friends or whoever you're drinking with likes red wine and, you know, I'll get into red wine and fish later. But, you know, if you're drinking, if you're opening a, you know, really nice Rioja or again, like Barolo, things like that, that typically wouldn't pair with a delicate fish like sea bass. If that's what they're into, then for them, it's a perfect pairing. My kind of the the second one that I want to get into is just matching the intensity of the food and the wine. So light dishes with light bodied wines, heavier dishes with heavier bodied wines, without getting into the specifics of, you know, whether you're going to pair with the main um, part of the entree, if you're going to be pairing more with the sides and the sauces, a good rule of thumb is looking at a dish, is this dish something that's pretty light? 
or is this dish something that's pretty heavy or somewhere in the middle and just basing it off of the overall intensity of the dish. You know, some examples, uh, you know, a nice Italian Pinot Grigio from like Alto Adige or even Veneto uh, with some fresh cheeses like fresh mozzarella or even some brie, you know, something like that pairs really nicely. Or if you're doing something like a braised beef or braised pork shank, uh, maybe a Napa cab, you know, super high tannins, really nice acidity will pair really well with that braised uh, beef or pork. Again, I'm not getting into the specifics of, of every dish and everything that you could pair with all of these wines. Just some basic knowledge of, you know, just what to pair and how to pair. Um, so again, light dishes with light wines, heavy dishes with heavy wines. The next one kind of goes along with that, and it's more along the lines of with red wines. Um, tannin in wine. Um, tannins only found are primarily found in red wines. Um, tannin and body with with red wine pairs extremely well with fatty foods. Um, and with that more like animal fats. So, um, you know, like beef and pork, uh, even like chicken thighs, things like that, that have, you know, a little bit more fat in them, um, pair really well with high tannin full-bodied red wines. So um, some of my favorites would be like a Zinfandel uh, from Ridge uh, Vineyards in Napa, um, or even like an old fine Grenache would be great with those short ribs as well. You know, Grenache is also kind of bolder. You know, there's a lot of like black pepper and black olive notes in some old vine Grenache that I've had. So I think that you know, those tannins and the body of the wine and kind of the flavor profiles of those would pair really well with, you know, something like short ribs that have some fat to them. You know, they're really meaty, um, I think would be a really delicious uh, kind of pairing. The next thing is uh, kind of something that we learned about in uh, culinary school, and it also translates to wine, but you know, it's kind of, I think the more, um, you know, kind of the way I learned it was more with food. Uh, so what grows together goes together. What does that mean? My thing is, you know, when you're traveling, eat and drink what they produce. Um, you know, maybe you're traveling to Napa or maybe you're traveling to France or Italy or Spain. Just ask, you know, like, What's in season? What do you grow here? Um, what kind of wines do you produce? And typically, the wine that they produce and the food, their cuisine, typically tend to match the wines pretty well. Um, you know, you can also do that if, if I know with uh, COVID and everything like that, people haven't been traveling. But even if you're cooking certain cuisines at home, you can follow these guidelines as well. So maybe you want to try your hand at making a paella or um, you want to make some pasta with, you know, a wild boar ragu, which would be typically something you'd find in Tuscany, Italy. Drinking a Sangiovese based wine, whether that's a Chianti, a Chianti Classico, a Brunello di Montalcino, just Sangiovese, um, you know, those that is exactly what locals in Tuscany might eat and drink is a wild boar ragu with some pappardelle or some tagliatelle. 
um, with the uh, Sangiovese-based wines. Another classic one um, that kind of pops into my head is a Sancerre and fresh goat cheese. Uh, Sancerre is a Sauvignon Blanc from uh, the Loire Valley in France, and they have a lot of goats there. So they have a lot of fresh goat cheese. So, you know, a French Sauvignon Blanc and fresh goat cheese is also a perfect uh, pairing. And I think when you're traveling, because um, obviously when you're cooking at home, no one may know, but when you're traveling, I think that the locals will really appreciate you wanting to eat and drink what they do, um, not just going in and, you know, kind of assuming everything about their culture and assuming everything about what they eat and drink, but just asking. Some of the best meals that I've had while studying and traveling abroad was, you know, maybe we took a tour of a winery and we just asked our tour, tour guide, hey, where do you like to eat lunch? Um, you know, because it's so easy to go on Yelp or Travelocity or, you know, all of those kind of review sites and look, you know, where everyone else has been eating. But I think you kind of miss out on what those places are all about if you don't ask people who live there where they like to eat. Kind of the next um, thing that I want to talk about is cooking and drinking wine. Um, or I should say cooking with and drinking the same and similar wine. This is called bridging. You know, maybe you're making some sort of sauce or you're cooking some meat in some sort of uh, liquid, you know, stock or wine or water, or whatever it may be. And just adding some of what you plan on drinking to that cooking liquid. Um, so the, you know, and then that way when the wine cooks down and you're drinking a glass of whatever it is that you've been cooking with, it kind of marries the two together. So for example, you know, maybe you're making some pan seared scallops with a nice white wine sauce. One of my favorite things to pair with scallops and just seafood in general um, is griot coming from Sicily. So griot is a really nice uh, high acid white wine, um, kind of a moderate bodied uh, white wine. It pairs fantastic with seafood. Um, so scallops, you know, are kind of buttery and soft and, you know, really delicious, making a really nice white wine butter sauce with that and pairing it with griot. Um, kind of cuts through kind of the fattiness and the richness of those scallops in the white wine sauce. Griot is, in my opinion, very similar to like a Pinot Grigio. Uh, it's got a little bit more going on than a typical Pinot Grigio. But if you like Pinot Grigio, check out Griot. Um, there's some really fantastic producers of it. Some of my favorites are Canteen Colossi. Uh, we've also done on our Instagram a spotlight on Griot. So there's some other really great producers. Uh, so check it out. The next one um, pertains to spicy food. So I love spicy food <clears throat> and I love obviously wine, but when you're pairing spicy food and wine together, you have to be really, really careful. Um, you know, if the wine is too dry or, you know, if the maybe you wanna drink red wine and you're eating something spicy, like I said, spicy food and wine is a very tri tricky combination. So if you're going to be eating something that's particularly spicy, and by spicy, I mean not only like chili spicy, 
you know, like um, maybe with peppers, uh, whether it's Thai chilies or jalapenos or serranos or ghost peppers, whatever it may be, or even just heavily spiced foods. Like maybe you're wanting to make butter chicken, which, you know, typically isn't very spicy, but there's a lot of warm spices. Um, both are kind of um, in the same boat when it comes to pairing. First, kind of my don'ts with with spicy foods. So try and stay away from red wine um, with spicy food, because even if it's a lighter red, um, there's still tannins and tannins and spice kind of butt heads. So with the the spice, it'll make the tannins seem more intense so that the tannins will be amplified. And the tannins in the wine will actually make the food taste spicier, which is not something you typically want. Um, it's going to really contrast and not in a good way. With what I would do is I would drink, you know, an off dry wine. Um, so what off dry means is it's not sweet, but it's not overly dry. You know, there's a little bit of residual sugar. You know, you could kind of taste a little bit of a sweetness with the fruitiness. But again, it's not sticky sweet like, say, a Moscato or, you know, something along those lines. So honestly, spicy food, whether it's Indian or Thai or Mexican, you know, kind of whatever spicy food you really like doing. Or maybe it's just chicken wings, um, like buffalo wings. Try pairing it with an off-dry Riesling from Germany. Um, you know, that little bit of sweetness and the little bit of fruitiness in the wine will really help cut through some of that spice. Again, my only suggestion, stay away from red wines, particularly particularly red wines with a lot of um, tannin, because again, it's just going to make everything off balance. So some of my kind of favorite pairings that I've been really into and I kind of want to share with everyone, and I know I've shared some of this beforehand, but I really want to dive into these next ones because... I know I'm not alone when I say these things. I've, you know, I've talked to quite a few sommeliers and other wine professionals that kind of believe these same things. So I just want to use my platform to kind of share um, these pairings with more people. So the first one is bubbles, uh, meaning sparkling wine, whether it's champagne or Prosecco or Cava or Franciacorte, you know, whether it's a traditional method sparkling wine or a tank method. Bubbles pair with pretty much everything. Again, there's always going to be exceptions to that. I wouldn't necessarily pair sparkling wine with, say, a porterhouse steak or dry-aged steak. It might get kind of lost. But, you know, you can really pair so much with sparkling wine, from appetizers to entrees to desserts. You know, drink it on its own. It's kind of just an overall super versatile style of wine. Some of my favorites, and again, I know I've talked to, you know, quite a few wine professionals that kind of believe the same thing. Sparkling wine with uh, fried chicken, sparkling wine with uh, Flaming Hot Cheetos. You know, I've had, you know, some really great vintage champagne with chicken dishes, with some pork dishes. Um, you know, again, just even if it's just the a sandwich on really nice Italian bread with some nice fresh cheese, um, sparkling wine, prosciutto, sparkling wine pairs really nice with that. 
look for Francia Corta. Again, that's a traditional method sparkling wine, typically uh, a lot less expensive than, say, a really nice champagne. And again, you'll get kind of that same quality. Bubbles, like I said, pair with so many different dishes. And I think that everyone should be drinking more bubbles. It's such a versatile style of wine. Pairs with so many different things. And when you hear that that cork pop and, you know, those bubbles are poured into your glass, it really kind of changes the mood and brightens everyone's uh, uh, mood and gets everyone ready for a great time. Whether you're celebrating or it's just a Tuesday, pop some more bubbles. The next thing is uh, rosé. We're kind of turning the corner from winter to spring. And with that, uh, you know, kind of like rosé season is coming into play. So rosé, you know, not only is great during this time of the year and into the summer, but it's also great year round. Rosé is a great food wine. Um, and I kind of want to talk about rosé as, as pairings first, and then I kind of want to say something that's uh, really been bothering me about rosé. So rosé, like I said, great food wine, pairs with so many things, just like sparkling wine. Um, it kind of bridges the gap too between if a dish is heavier than what you would typically pair with a white wine, but it's not heavy enough to pair with a red wine. Rosé kind of bridges that gap. Um, <clears throat> I've had rosés just with like appetizers, you know, almost doing it more like a, or even sparkling rosé. Great with appetizers, fried dishes, um, you know, charcuterie, things like that. Can also pair really nice with like braised chicken. Um, can really pair with like a bone and pork chop, you know, even something that's been grilled especially rosés from southern Italy, like Negro Maro-based rosés, have really great body, really great acidity, great minerality. There's also some the Provençal-style um, rosés, which are typically a little bit lighter. Um, those typically pair better with like the lighter dishes, you know, charcuterie and fresh cheese, things like that. Now, I want to say something about rosé that really kind of bothers me. And I get asked this slash told this all the time when I'm working the floor at the restaurant is I want a rosé that's not sweet. I'm going to say that again. I want a rosé that's not sweet. I don't know where people are assuming that rosé is sweet. Now, there are some typical rosés that are sweet, and I think kind of the thing that's made people think that is white Zinfandel, which... I don't want to get into, but, you know, I, I'm constantly having to prove to people that rosé is just an overall great wine, great style of wine for that matter. You know, like it's not a sweet wine. Um, <clears throat> typically, rosés have a really nice body to them, you know, great acidity, great fruitness, uh, fruit forwardness, and very little residual sugar. Um, so I don't know why, uh, like I said, everyone thinks that rosé is sweet, but we all need to do ourselves a favor and drink more rosé. Um, the other thing is it's, I found that, you know, I'm, I'm going to pick on guys for a minute. Um, 
you know, men typically you try and offer them rosé because you think it's really great for the pairing. And a lot of men won't drink a glass of rosé because it's pink. You know, there's, a, again, I, I don't understand it, but there's this perception that, you know, like rosé is a feminine wine and should only be enjoyed by females. And I'm trying to kind of like, you know, break that wine barrier down and say, you know, like rosé is for everyone. Rosé is a great food wine. Drink more rosé. It's not sweet. It pairs with so many different things. So, you know, like without getting too political or into all of that, you know, just whoever you are, go buy a really great bottle of rosé. It'll cost you probably under $20 and just enjoy the crap of it, crap out of it. And just enjoy the crap out of it. Go and drink it on the patio. Eat it with your favorite foods. Try new things. Um, you know, check it out. The last thing that I kind of want to talk about with pairing is, you know, about red wine and fish. Um, for a long time, you know, there's a lot of people out there that, you know, said red wine can't pair with fish. Um, I'm here to say it can and it should in certain aspects. So with that being said, I wouldn't go out and buy the biggest, boldest Napa Cab or the biggest, boldest Barolo and pair it with a tilapia or a sea bass or something like that. That is, to me, not a pairing that would work out very well. With that being said, I think that, you know, fish that's a little bit fattier and bolder like salmon or halibut can pair really well with a wine like Pinot Noir. Um, you know, whether that's an Oregon Pinot Noir, a Santa Barbara Pinot Noir, or a Burgundy. I think that Pinot Noir is a lighter bodied uh, red wine, less tannin, nice acid, nice fruit forwardness, um, some earthiness, minerality, can pair really great with fish. My other thing that I've kind of been... Um, sharing a lot with people at the restaurant and, you know, people that I'm close with is pairing fish like salmon or halibut with an Etna Rosso. Etna Rosso is typically a blend of Nirello Mascalese and Nirello Cappuccio. Uh, there can also be, you know, some other grapes in there, but the, if you find a really high quality Etna Rosso, so like from Tornatore, they're great. It pairs really well with a little bit heavier fish options like salmon or halibut. So you can drink red with fish. Just know that not all reds and not all fish are created equally. And before you pair fish, try and go back to that intensity, match intensity of food and wine. So lighter dishes with lighter wine, heavier with heavier. Same with fish. You know, there's lighter fish. There's heavier fish, there's lighter reds, there's heavier reds. So with all that being said, just kind of a quick glimpse into my brain uh, with, with pairings. You know, not all of you will agree with me, and that's okay. I'm open for discussion. I love to hear what everyone else likes to pair. So, you know, please share this podcast. Please message us. Please, you know open up this discussion for wine pairings. You know, if you don't agree with something I said, call me out on it. You know, I can take it. Um, 
you know, I just want you all to, you know, open the door and drink great wine and try pairing something new with your favorite dish, whether it's rosé or sparkling wine or red with fish. Um, you know, just drink great wine with great people. And, um, you know, I hope that this helps because uh, I know wine pairing can be really scary. I hope that this kind of made it a little bit more approachable. And, you know, if you have questions about pairing, message us, uh, you know, shoot us an email and uh, we'd love to kind of help you pair your dishes with your favorite wines. So thank you for listening. Again, rate us on Apple Podcast, on Spotify, on Anchor. Um, share our podcast. Anything you can do to promote us really helps us, really inspires us, really helps us create new and better content for everyone. So again, thank you all. Cheers and stay safe out there.